Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it's crossover Thursday once again. We have a huge divisional rivalry game ahead of us between the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to be talking to Zach Hicks from Locked On Colts about the biggest storylines for both teams headed into this game, the biggest matchups that we are watching in this game, and then we'll give you our game and score prediction and spoiler alert. Me and Zach do not agree on who is going to win this game. So a crossover Thursday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it! You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Colts fans and Titans fans, thank you everyone for tuning in and making us your number one listen of the day. This is your Indianapolis Colts again and Tennessee Titans uh, Locked On Colts podcast, Locked On Titans podcast, uh, your team every day. Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and it's easy to play. There's no competing with other players, just you versus the projections. I don't know about you, Tyler, but I love to compete when I know I have a chance at winning. That's the only time I like to compete. So prize picks is perfect for me. Uh, pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love prize picks. We know that you guys will too. First time users can receive a 100% instant disc, instant deposit match up to $100. The promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. On. This is Zach Hicks joined to you guys by the host of Locked on Titans, Tyler Rowland. Uh, today we're going to tell you guys about our biggest storylines to watch for each team, which matchups will make the biggest difference in winning and losing, and ultimately give you our score predictions for this Sunday game. So Tyler, since I am the home team this week, I'm going to kick it to you. I'm going to defer to the second half. So I'll let yeah. you go first with our um i think we're starting with matchups right yeah so or no storylines storylines yeah yeah the starting biggest storyline for the titans uh not really? not a problem at all and and thank you so much for having me on zach i you know welcome to the afc south of locked on our first crossover with another one coming i will start with this though the name is roland we roland. will give you a one-time oh, pass. Okay. One and time uh, pass. I am more kind than my listeners, but uh, no <laughs> issues there. Love coming on. Happy to have you and Jake into uh, the AFC South. If you guys follow on Twitter, you know it's it's a pretty raucous uh, group already with uh, Tony Wiggins, the OG down in Jacksonville, right. just doing things. And of course, shout out to uh, Cody and John in Houston. But the biggest storyline for the Titans going into this is can they play consistent football? For four quarters, we've seen flashes of what the Tennessee Titans could be. They're at the top of the NFL in red zone percentage. They're one of the top teams in explosive plays. If you look in week one, the Titans had the most passing plays of over 20 yards of any team in the league. They have had explosive moments on offense, but it hasn't been consistent. And the way to prove that is the Titans are getting outscored 57-7 to in the second half. Through the first three weeks. Now, a lot of that is skewed by that just dominant win by Buffalo, the buzzsaw in Buffalo. But 
The Titans let the Giants come back and score 20-some points in the second half as well. So can the Titans put it all together? We've seen flashes of the defense getting to the quarterback, getting turnovers, seen flashes of explosive plays in in the passing game and the running game on offense. But can they put a consistent game together for four quarters and be at their best against a team in the Colts who – I think is a lot better football team than some people think, and maybe their record shows right now. They're going to need four quarters of good football to win against Indianapolis in Indy. Can they do it? That is the question. That is the storyline heading into this matchup. I love it, Tyler, from Locked On Titans. And you know what's funny about this is I think before the season, we would have circled this game as a huge game for both yes. these teams and probably under different circumstances, though. Both right. these teams kind of struggling right now and not looking like the teams we expected this offseason. And I love what you said about consistency because the Colts definitely need that as well. They've had three amazing quarters out of 13 this year. Right. But that's three amazing quarters out of 13. So, I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I totally get what you're saying there. Uh, for the Indianapolis Colts, though, uh, I really do think the biggest thing is will this offensive line finally start looking like the top-paid offensive line in football? Now, they don't even need to be this top tier unit. They don't need to be a top five unit or the number one unit in all of football to have success uh, against the Titans or against any other team, really. They just need to be adequate or at least below average. I'm begging this Colts offensive line to figure something out. You know, this past week against the Kansas City Chiefs, the Colts were mm-hmm. able to pull off the upset victory, but they allowed five QB hits, 10 pressures, and I think like three or four sacks in this game as well. Uh, Any time that the Kansas City Chiefs brought a blitz, there was a free rusher that was hitting Matt Ryan. Uh, outside of that, the Colts looked really good. Matt Ryan looked fine when he wasn't under duress. The pass catchers looked good. The defense was phenomenal. It's just this offensive line is is the, the Achilles heel for this Colts team right. that is trying to turn things around. And again, they don't even have to be this top-tier unit. They don't have to be this elite team uh, in the trenches. They just need to be adequate. That's all I'm asking. And, you know, this Tennessee Titans team coming in, uh, I think in the offseason, this pass rush looked a lot scarier than what it is now, but it is still a very, very scary pass rush with Jeffrey Simmons, with uh, uh, Rashad Weaver, I believe is his name. Yeah, he's well. leading the team in sacks yep. with three. Yeah, and Bud yep. Dupree may be back this week yep. after missing the game. So it yep. should be as as fully of a healthy front as you can get for the Titans with Landry, of course, being out for the year. Right, and another player in there is a the guy who used to play for the Colts, Nico Autry. I mean, I think Absolutely. This, this, this Titans pass rush – it's probably the toughest test that the Colts are going to face this year. And they failed all the other tests. So <laughs> we got to hope that they can turn it around a little bit this week against Tennessee Titans. And I think that'll make or break this game for the Colts. Can they actually hold up in front of Matt Ryan and give Matt Ryan enough time to, to get the ball out? Because we have seen in the two fourth quarter comebacks that Matt Ryan has led the Colts on, they've looked fine. But where has that been for the other 10 quarters this season? That's that's the biggest thing for the Indianapolis Colts. Right. And I think that's the biggest storyline for the Colts going into this game. Uh, and if they want to have any success against a good Titans team that is kind of struggling out the gate, they're going to need to, to find some success on the offensive line. Yep. Yep. So we are going to jump into our biggest matchups up next, guys. But before we do that, let's talk about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your football betting information this season. They've got this game at a 42.5 point over-under with the Colts as 3.5 point favorites. So I know if you guys are listening to this from the Colts side, we're feeling pretty good about that. You know, we're feeling good about that. So 3.5 point favorite. Either way, you know, Colts fan, Titans fan, make sure you place a a bet on BetOnline on this game. 
Uh, find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Uh, head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Tyler. So we're going to jump into our biggest matchups now. And again, I'm going to defer to you. What's your biggest matchup in this game uh, between the Colts and Titans? Sure. So uh, one thing that I've been noticing, anybody, you know, locked on Titans listeners will know, and I'm sure there are some locked on Colts listeners who have at least seen my stuff on Twitter from times where they played the Colts or just, you know, bickering with me about our little AFC South uh, rivalry that we got going on. But uh, either way, one thing that I have seen as a big problem for the Titans on tape is dealing with pullers. The Titans are banged up on the edge right now. Uh, Harold Landry was their best edge by far, and I think the fulcrum to their front seven. Mike Vrabel preaches front multiplicity. Well, the Titans can't have front multiplicity if they don't have a guy like Harold Landry who can play stack outside linebacker, who can play overhang over the slot, uh, who can also put his hand in the dirt and be a 4-3 defensive end, play on the line as a 3-4 uh, uh, outside linebacker. Harold Landry was the key that allowed that front multiplicity. He's gone now. So the Titans have playing a lot of four-man fronts. If there's a fullback on the field, they'll go to a five-man front. But with the absence of a fullback, the Titans are basically going to play a four-man front to try to limit the issues they have on the edge. And that means you're going to get Bud Dupree, Rashad Weaver, uh, the Titans had Derek Tuska in for a little bit. Ola Daney, who's a solid depth piece, but more of a special teams guy. Um, with the issues the Titans are having, they're playing some interior defensive linemen like a Demarcus Walker. They just brought over a, a Mario Edwards to try to help out on that front. Basically, what I'm trying to say is the Titans don't have very good edge play right now, especially in run defense. And they've been getting ex exposed against the Giants. The Giants were pinning down, and they were pulling around out of shotgun. And with the Titans in a nickel package and a six-man box, they just didn't have the heft or the talent to, to really do that. The Titans linebacker group, which Zach Cunningham could be out, has David Long, who's about five foot eleven. Now he's all over the place, flying around right. always. He can slip under blocks, around blocks, all that. But if a lineman gets hands on him, He's just not a strong enough or big enough guy to shed. So against the Giants, against the Bills at times, and the Raiders averaged five yards a carry, but they got down by two touchdowns early to the Titans and had to throw to get back in the game, so they went away from the run game. But the Raiders had some success in the run game as well. So I'm really worried about the Titans' edge rushers and their defensive ends and their linebackers against pull plays and shotgun from the Colts. Uh, the Colts have had success against the Titans with those plays in the past as well. So can the Titans edge rushers contain and sink down and hold their ground against pullers and shotgun? And can those linebackers find a way to zoom around those big offensive linemen so they can still make tackles and hold it down? Because I have a feeling this is going to be a rock fight 
Yep. And whoever runs the ball better and gets more points on the board, like I think if you get to 20 points in this game, I think you win. I think yeah. 20 points wins this game. I think field position, field goals are going to be of critical importance. And having just a couple of good runs to get you in field goal position, I think will be key. So can the Titans edges and their linebackers hold up against the shotgun running attack of the Colts? I, I think that's uh, the number one matchup to watch for the Titans. See, this is why we love you here on Locked On Colts, Tyler. Just a film nerd just like me talking about <laughs> pullers and talking about defensive ends and run defense. I mean, I love it. And I love couple, it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, just a couple things I want to throw with that is it's funny that you mentioned like field goals and stuff because I think the Colts and Titans have to be like the bottom three in field goal percentage since 2019. Like two of the worst mm, teams terrible. in football yep. in field goal percentage. So it is funny to see a game that will come down to that. But – Sticking with what you just set up for me, I'm also going to take this to the running game, and I'm just going to flip it to the other side where I'm going to talk about uh, the Titans rushing attack versus the Colts run defense. Now, I know that this Titans rushing attack is not – it really hasn't had the start that it always has with Derrick Henry. You know, Derrick Henry is not <laughs> gashing defenses for 200 yards a game like, like we're accustomed to, but he is still – King Derrick Henry. And I do think yeah. that that Titans rushing attack really started to get on track this past week against the, against the Las Vegas Raiders. It started to look a little bit more like Derrick Henry and the Titans rushing game of years past. And that's, that's worrisome for the Colts because the Colts, right. you know, in the last couple of seasons have had one of the best run defenses in all of football. And, but they still have had their struggles with Derrick Henry. Like everyone does. I mean, it, it is Derrick Henry. We're talking about, we go into this year though, in the Indianapolis Colts, are the number one run defense in football. They're averaging 2.6 yards per carry against. Uh, and, and it's not like, you know, I know week one was Rex Burkhead they were mostly facing, but it was James Robinson in week two, and then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was averaging 7.7 .7 yards per carry going to this past game, finished the game with seven carries for zero yards. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I he mean, finished yeah. with. So this, it's really going to be strength on strength because the Titans – you know, their whole identity of the last couple of seasons. And, and even I'm sure that what they want to do this year is you want to run the ball to set up play action and, and make those progressions and make everything easy for Ryan Tannehill. Absolutely. Now the Indianapolis Colts, their whole defense, their whole fund fundamentals on defense is set around stopping the run, forcing into third and long and, and going from there. So it's really going to be strength on strength. I think the Colts are going to go into this matchup with, with Grover Stewart, their nose tackle playing the best football of his entire career. Uh, linebacker Zaire Franklin, uh, EJ Speed, Bobby O'Karakare playing really, really good in run defense right now. But again, I do think this Tennessee Titans team is coming into this matchup kind of geared up and ready to go after what they just did in, in this past week against the against the Las Vegas Raiders. So I really do think strength on strength is going to be huge here, seeing what that matchup looks like in the trenches and seeing if the Colts can keep King Derrick Henry down to kind of what we saw the first two weeks rather than what we saw this past week against the Raiders. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big matchup. And I'll kind of hit on that a little bit more as I get into my my secondary matchup that I'm watching for. And it mm -hmm. is in the run game, and it's up front. Because while the Titans have had a lot of success with outside zone throughout their run here over the last few years, uh, that's been kind of their bread and butter play, I guess I would say. They have gone away from it a little bit in recent years and added some other uh, types of runs into the system, and I think that's primarily helped them against Indianapolis. Yep. Uh, what I've noticed they like to do is throw a fullback in the backfield, run counters, and run because Indianapolis has a very good and fast group of linebackers. If you can get them flowing one direction and get back the other way with a lead blocker in front of Henry, 
then you can you can make some hay. So I think the Titans have had some success with that. I think one of the issues that they're going to run into this year that they haven't had in previous years against the Colts when running up the gutter, trying to go up the middle, uh, is they don't have Roger Saffold at left right. guard anymore. They have right. Aaron Brewer at left guard, who's about six foot one, 290 pounds soaking wet. He's probably the smallest starting offensive lineman in the NFL who isn't a center. He's he's small and small don't work well against big Grover Stewart. Right. Okay. So one thing that I am truly worried about in last year's playoff game, DJ Reader for the Bengals, who came from Houston, Colts fans probably know one of the yep. best run stuffing nose tackles in the NFL. DJ Reader had a very good game against the Titans and he made it very difficult for them to do what they wanted to do in the run game. I think Grover Stewart is a pretty good player. And uh, if Aaron Brewer, who is a small, small guy, can't find a way to win against Grover Stewart, that's going to be a nightmare for the Titans uh, right. up front. Right. Yeah, no, Grover Stewart, I think, compares very similar to DJ Reader. And we saw, you know, this past week, Grover Stewart had success against a guy like uh, Trey Smith from, yes. from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, did you want to hit on any other matchups here before we jump to our last segment, or, or are you good I to go? I think the only real thing I'm looking for is um, one advantage the Titans do have is they do have a much better pass catching group. Uh, you know, obviously Michael Pittman is good, but I think that Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips, Nick Westbrook Aquina, uh, I think that's a better wide receiver group than what Indianapolis has, despite Michael Pittman being the best player of any of the wide receivers in the game. So to me, with that in mind, the Titans have to find a way to take away Michael Pittman. Now, yeah. Christian Fulton has had some successes on Michael Pittman. I believe he had like six for 68, and then he did have like uh, 10 for 80 or something like that last year. So those are good games, but they aren't dominant games over 100, over 120 yards, multiple um, you know scores with that kind of yardage. So if the Titans can find a way to limit Michael Pittman, I, I think Indianapolis will have trouble scoring um, and making explosive plays, which could help the Titans out. But we're going to get into what our predictions actually are for this game. Zach, did you have any other matchups that you were looking at? No, the only thing I would add to what you just said was, yeah, taking away Michael Pittman Jr. is definitely the way to go. Uh, the Colts are going to be relying on, one, their offensive line to hold up, like I mentioned at the beginning. That's right. the only thing that really matters. But, you know, Alec Pierce is coming off of a three-catch, 61-yard uh, performance against Kansas City Chiefs. Jelani Woods, rookie tight end, had two Love catches Jelani. for yeah, two catches for I think yeah. 14 yards and two touchdowns. And then mm -hmm. Naeem Hines had a lot of success in, in the past against the Tennessee Titans, especially as a pass yes. catcher. So they do have some guys that they could work in there, but I do agree with you. I do think that they aren't proven yet, but uh, I do think that if the Titans do try to bracket Michael Pittman Jr., we could see those guys step up. Yeah, and I think that I would expect them to go with a similar coverage to what they did with Devontae Adams. Right. Last week, where they have Christian Fulton in man coverage or as the primary zone defender, and then they have Amani Hooker, the safety yep. over top. So that's something that I would be looking for as well. We just could keep going. I know. Keep going know. through all these things, dude. It's so great. But we will get into our game and score predictions in just a moment. Before we get into it, though, do want to tell you guys about our friends over at Brightco. So Brightco Jewelry Insurance is here to save you guys because you've all heard those horror stories when you go to propose, you're doing it on a fancy yacht, you drop the ring over the side of the boat, you're doing it at a, a big event like a football game, you drop the ring out of your pocket, you're not finding that one. And you know that 
the usher in the other section already plan to take that to the pawn shop. You don't want to be one of those guys, and what you really don't want is you don't want to be one of those guys and have it plastered all over the internet. That's why you have to go to bright.co slash locked on. They're going to give you jewelry insurance that will make sure you get a replacement for the full value of that ring, no matter whether it's lost, stolen, or you just can't figure out what happened to it. It's the fastest, easiest, and cheapest way to cover your butt with the best jewelry insurance in the business. Once again, go to bright.co slash locked on. Perfect. Perfect. All right, Tyler. So again, I'm going to keep deferring to you. What do you have for your score prediction? And do you have the Indianapolis Colts coming on top? I know you're coming onto the show just to, just to praise the Colts and, and have them coming on top, right? I got to tell you with, with the game being as close as I think it's going to be, I've been, I'm just going to pull back the curtain. I've been thinking 1916, yep. 2017, 2117, 1716, somewhere in there. And I just see, I see ways where both teams can win. You're right. The Titans' pass rush could get all over Matt Ryan, get him in bad spots, get sacks, force turnovers, give their offense easy scoring opportunities. I think the Titans have a more explosive passing game. Traylon Burks and Robert Woods and the totality of it, I think, could be better. Um, On the other side, I think the Colts will have a more consistent run game. I think the Colts may be able to literally run the ball down the Titans' throat in a way that they haven't been able to in recent years because of what the Titans are dealing with on the edge and at linebacker. Um, so that really that really does worry me. And I think that the Colts have found a way to get turnovers on the Titans. And I think that Ryan Tannehill is still here, ready to turn over the ball. Matt Ryan, while he's been turnover prone early yeah you in theory expect him to be a little more careful than Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz gave that game away to the Titans multiple times last year with turnovers and you expected Matt Ryan would not make those mistakes but maybe it's you know Carson Wentz made the mistakes last year because he's just kind of a bonehead sometimes Um, and now Matt Ryan isn't that kind of a bonehead but the offensive line's a little bit worse so like the combination of that makes the so I, I really could see multiple avenues here to where both teams can find a way to win, which is why I think it's going to be so close. But at the end of the day, I really do think that the Titans' passing offense has the ability to be better than the Colts' passing offense right now. Whether I'm wrong about that, I could be. I could very well be. My confidence level in this outcome in this prediction is as low as it could be. Uh, <laughs> but I ultimately decided to go with Titans 21, Colts 20. That's what okay. I'm going to go with. Titans 21, Colts 20. I, and if the Colts win, I would not be shocked at all. You know, like I said, confidence level in this. You know how they do confidence pools in football? You pick games, you assign a confidence rating with each game. I would not be very confident in my outcome of this game. And as a matter of fact, when I went through all the picks with my father, like I do every week, we both could not decide what to do with this one. So uh, yeah. it's going to be close, and it's such an important game, man. This is a big one. 
Yeah, no, I think I think the best way to describe what I think this game is going to be is a bloodbath. I think it is going to be just two teams that came out the gates limping, even though they both had playoff or maybe even Super Bowl aspirations. You know, they came out the gate limping and they kind of found the rhythm a little bit last week, but they both kind of won in ugly ways. So it's yeah. still not yep. like you feel like they're fully there yet. Uh, so you kind of got these two these two teams that have traditionally been pretty good just limping into this matchup ready to just punch each other, you know? And I think uh, for for me, I, I think the deciding factor and why I'm going to go with Colts in this one is both these teams have a run first identity. They have the identity that we want to survive on the ground and the Colts are going to go in this game, even though their rushing attack has been worse than the Titans rushing attack this season. I think the Colts can have more success on the ground than the yeah. Titans can have on the ground versus this Colts defense. Cause I don't think, Derrick Henry is fully Derrick Henry of years past yet. Uh, he always thrives in December, so I don't doubt right, that he'll be right. there by late, by late this season. But I think that the Titans are going to go into this game trying to run the ball on a team that's really, really, really hard to run on right now in this Colts defense. And I think it's going to force the Titans offense to a lot of third and longs and force them into situations they don't want to be in where Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill has to just be a pure drop back passer. You know, you want him more in those play actions and screen games and stuff like right. that. Uh, so I, while I completely agree that this game could get disastrous for the Colts, because I have no clue how their offensive line is going to hold up against Nico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, Rashad Weaver, uh, and any blitz that the Titans want to bring, because I know Vrabel is going to have those things ready to go. Uh, I do think this will just be an ugly bloodbath game. Colts pull out in the end. I, I think I ultimately went 24 to 20. Uh, I think there will be a couple of turnovers that make the score a little bit more bloated than what it should be. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a weird game. Again, both these teams we kind of expected a lot more from, uh, and I think we're both being very cordial in this podcast because we we've realized. Our true enemy is actually the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't care who you like listening to this show right now. We have to come together to take the division from Jacksonville. We can't let the little brother in the basement come up and start barking. <laughs> we simply cannot allow it. So whether it's Colts or Titans, one of us, we got to step up and, and make sure that this division doesn't plunge into chaos. Tyler, you're just a little upset, though, that locked on throughout your video clip of you laughing about the Jaguars uh, before the season started. I know you're just a little upset about that. You know, the only thing I'm upset about is that they did it so early. Listen, you can't victory lap in week three. We learned that. But I just got to keep the tradition going because prior to the 2021 season, Tony Wiggins on our AFC South preview absolutely scolded the Houston Texans guys for thinking they would win five and said that Jacksonville would be way better. So I just took the mantle from Tony and next year you guys get to make an outrageous statement about okay. what the Colts are going to do. And then your receipts will be posted by the Lockmore mother accountant. <laughs> we'll just pass around the torch uh, every single year because it seems like in this division madness ensues every time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the NFL, so obviously every division is just madness the second the season starts. But right. uh, no, this will be this will be a great game. Again, the Titans are a team that's had a lot of success the last couple of seasons. They keep winning the division, and they keep showing that they are a team to be, uh, you know, that not to be messed with. But right. right now, both these teams are limping into this matchup, just ready to throw some haymakers. So I I really don't doubt both these these coaches are gonna throw everything they can at each other, and yes. we'll see. What breaks first between the Colts offensive line or <laughs> or the Titans run game or whatever, right. whatever. It's basically whatever disaster happens first is what, 
for real. That's it. It's basically what it comes down to is like, because you know, just like I know that no matter who wins this game, we probably still won't feel great about like, you know, the Colts will win, (laughs) but Matt Ryan will get sacked four times and have two picks, but the Titans just can't do anything. The Titans will win, but like, they didn't score any points in the fourth quarter and the Colts almost won with a missed field goal at the end or like, it's just going to be absolute madness no matter what. And no one's going to be truly happy when you leave. But they say the best exchange is leave when no one's truly happy. So hopefully we yep. get a good game. Yep. And you guys got to always remember when it comes to the NFL, even the ugly wins, they count in the win column. The, with the, yeah. Colts, the Colts and Titans both learned that this past week. And I would take a win over that first week tie that we had. Yeah. With the Texans. This ain't college football, man. It doesn't matter how pretty it is. A win is a win is a win. Right, right. So that's all we got today, guys. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in for this crossover episode. Both shows we back up with you guys tomorrow as we wrap up pregame coverage of Colts and Titans in week four. Be sure to follow Tyler and the Locked On Titans on Twitter. I think it's it's Tic Tac Titans is what you have it on there, right? Yeah, because I focus on the X's and O's. There you go. Look at that. Look at that. So I you told much- you I was cheesy and corny before. I told you. I warned you. Yeah, Colts fans, you know, I, I know we're not supposed to endorse many Titans people on here because, you know. <laughs> Titans fans are they're a little tough to deal with. I get it, guys. I get it. But Tyler over here is like the combination of me and Jake. You get the <laughs> cheesiness of Jake, but you get the film breakdown that I bring you. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's actually a really fun, really fun brand. So I, I do highly recommend yeah. you guys follow him there. You can follow my co-host at Jake Arthur NFL on Twitter at Zach Hicks 2 is me. I don't have as clever a nickname. I'm just the second of the Zach Hickses. <laughs> then Fair at La- at Lockdown Colts, and also subscribe to our shows on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcast. And thanks again, guys, for making Lockdown Colts and Lockdown Titans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis and give you, oh, I already read that, give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. Uh, You're good. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you guys tomorrow.